The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Episode 227 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you in part by Self-Publishing School and by FreshBooks. Get a free copy of Chandler Bolt's book, Published, when you sign up for free training on how to go from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days. Visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash published to get your free copy now. And for 30 days, you can use FreshBooks cloud accounting software absolutely free, get access to all of their features, and you don't even need a credit card to take advantage of their free trial. To find out more, freshbooks.com slash read to lead. When you're in a career trajectory that's that's good or great or almost perfect, it's really hard to let go and pivot. And there's a potential risk that it might not be as good. Hi there, I'm Jeff, and this is my podcast. I call it Read to Lead, and it's born out of a passion for personal and professional growth. I believe that if you desire true success in business and in life, then intentional and consistent reading is a really fast way to get there. The Read to Lead podcast is designed not only to help you narrow this important reading list, but also to bring you the main ideas and key insights from the books of today's most successful and inspiring authors. Today's guest is a gentleman by the name of Derek Loudermilk. And Derek is the author of a brand new book that's been out for about a month now called Superconductors, Revolutionize Your Career and Make Big Things Happen. I'm going to ask Derek to share about the skills that will be rewarded in future economies. In other words, the skills you need to be sure you have acquired. Uh, What to do when complacency follows success, when you've sort of lost that drive or that hunger, how to get it back. Uh, Derek's belief that charisma is a learned skill and why it's important you practice it and much, much more. Well, I guess if I'm going to pitch the benefits of intentional and consistent reading, I'd be remiss if I did occasionally give away a book for free. And I want to do that right now. It's a book called Published. And it's a book all about how to go from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days with your self-published book. It's written by my friend Chandler Bolt, who's appeared here on the show a couple of times. And he's giving that book away for free to anyone and everyone who simply signs up for his free training on that very same topic, going from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days. Now, first of all, let me say the book is yours whether you attend the free training or not. So why would you not sign up for the free training and get the free book? There's there's nothing absolutely to risk or to to lose whatsoever. But I do recommend you attend this free training if writing a book is something that you're truly serious about. Whether it's for extra income or to generate leads for your business or to share a story you've you've just always wanted to tell, you can register right now at readtoleadpodcast.com slash published. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash published. Again, when you do, Chandler will send you a free copy of his book called Published, and you will be that much closer to getting that book of yours out. Because let's face it, writing a book is hard. 
hard, especially if you don't have a proven system in place that you can follow. And that's exactly the gap that Chandler is attempting to fill. That address one more time, readtoleadpodcast.com slash published. And now that you're well on your way to becoming a published author and learning about all the ways you can create new revenue streams from writing just a single book, it's time to leverage the tools that can make running your business easier. And one of those that I recommend is my cloud accounting software tool. It's called FreshBooks, and my business would not survive without it. It's that simple. It makes things super simple when working with my bookkeeper. It makes tax time a breeze. Invoices take about a total of 30 seconds, literally, to create. I know at a glance what's coming in what's going out. And let's face it, if I can use it, anybody can use it. FreshBooks is super simple and easy to use. And that's one of the things I love about it. If you'd like to just give it a try, no risk, no obligation, no credit card needed, and just see if you like it, get access to all of their features. You can go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead, enter read to lead, and then how did you hear about a section so they know who sent you. And you're well on your way to learning what I've known for almost a decade. That's how long I've been using FreshBooks cloud accounting software. Again, that address is FreshBooks books.com slash read to lead to take advantage of that free 30-day trial right now. Derek Loudermilk is a professional adventurer, polymath, best-selling author, publisher, speaker, digital nomad, business coach, father, lord of Sealand, and host of the Art of Adventure podcast. Did I leave anything out, Derek? <laughs> Seems like quite a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Uh, he's committed to helping people make their lives the most amazing adventure possible. After getting fired from numerous jobs, boy, I can relate, uh, dropping out of his PhD program and recovering from a failed marriage, I can relate to that one too, Derek realized he'd been living somebody else's dream. So he set out to construct a career and a lifestyle that would let him be the explorer and, and teacher that he was always meant to be. He asked the question, basically, what does it look like to be the hero of your own life? Well, this journey began in about 2014 when he started the Art of Adventure podcast, a top podcast for location independent business owners, adventure travelers, and uh, he covers many other cutting-edge topics there as well. His new book is called Superconductors, Revolutionize Your Career and Make Big Things Happen, and I'm excited to have him here. Derek, welcome officially to the Read to Lead podcast. Jeff, thanks so much for having me. Very excited to be on your show. I'm enjoying the book about halfway through it, I would say, so far, about five of the ten chapters. I've kind of skipped around a little bit uh, and then skimmed uh, the chapters I haven't read completely. But there's a lot here. The thing I love about Derek is Derek reads a lot. And he's learned from so many different people and taken much of what he's learned and condensed it into this into this book and added, of course, from his personal experiences. And I think that makes for a, for a fantastic book. So first, if you would share a bit about why you wrote Superconductors uh, in the first place. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think a lot of people think I have a book in me. I really <laughs> want to be an author. Uh, I actually didn't come from that place. It was more uh, an opportunity to condense all the things that I had been learning through mm. all the interviews um, and books I was reading and articles and, and entrepreneurs I was meeting around the world. And one of the podcast guests on my show said, you know, a book really is great for your credibility. And I thought, okay, I want, I want to be credible. <laughs> so I started looking for patterns, you know, human humans are great pattern recognition machines. And I started thinking, you know, what are the most highly leveraged skills that my really successful podcast guests seem to be exhibiting? And maybe they're not even talking about them. And I, I was also at the time reading books like uh, The Future by Al Gore and Inevitable by Kevin Kelly. I'm sort of thinking about the future and, and how robots and AI and outsourcing are totally changing the layout of the career space. Mm. 
And I said, you know, first of all, are humans even going to have a place in all this once our AI gets better? And as I started writing this book, the first delivery by a self-driving truck was made. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is the biggest profession in America. Mm. Like all these people could lose their jobs. And so I was thinking about all of these ideas. And I said, OK, let's dig into what are the skills that are going to be uniquely human and really valuable in the future, even if we don't know exactly what the future looks like, that if we spend our time learning these, they'll sort of enable us to leverage all the tools and resources and networks that are becoming available. So all this coalesced into basically these 10 chapters in superconductors, mm. 10 skills for your career. Well, what are some of those skills? Let's talk about some of those. Well, the first most important skill is skill acquisition or learning or mm. accelerated learning. If you're anything from, from a doctor to a lawyer to uh, a student, new programs and tools are becoming available and all kinds of things are coming at you so fast. So the sooner that you can get up to speed on utilizing one of these powerful tools, you'll have greater ability to to make things happen in, in your specific field. And the sooner you can sort of get to a baseline of understanding, like take a take a language, for example, you don't have to be fluent, but if you can understand the, the way a language is said, whether this is a Spanish or the language of mathematics or something like that, mm. this level of familiarity, you know, if you can get yourself quickly familiar with a lot of things, then it doesn't seem so intimidating. It doesn't make you feel like such an outsider. Then you can go deeper in any of the any of these particular areas, which then you can start stacking a set of skills together. And all of a sudden, you're the only person in the world with a particular set of set of skills. Kind of like Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. Exactly. Um, yeah, I talked with Carmine Gallo uh, a couple of weeks ago, a book called Five Stars, and he talks about just the skill of uh, effectively communicating one's ideas to be a, a, a top skill. He speaks a lot to AI as, as you do. Storytelling comes up often in his book. Uh, I assume that you consider storytelling a pretty, pretty major skill also. Yeah, storytelling was definitely one that I noticed either explicitly, like we're going to craft a story, we're going to have an about page that <laughs> lets you connect with us, or simply uh, leaders that are using story examples to sort of illustrate or motivate or to to just build connection with people to, to build rapport. Again, I think this the human connection element mm. Is, is being amplified and pretty soon like there's certain things that we're gonna we're gonna say like it's okay if AI does this but we're gonna insist that a human does you know taking care of our elderly at, at their bedside or whatever it might be mm. for sure storytelling is is a part of that the ability to be creative and, and and by that I mean like generating really good ideas and and diverse ideas either for yourself and your team there's there's relationship building strategically and charisma it's sort of how you how you portray yourself, your your physical body, and then how you feel on the inside. Do you feel confident and charismatic? So there's just a whole of slew of these skills that can supplement any existing technical knowledge. You know, if you're really good at using CAD design or something like that, well, wouldn't it be better if you were good at that plus storytelling? You know, it's just it just adds to your marketplace value. Uh, speak, uh, Derek, if you would, to the issue, uh, one I think you've experienced firsthand, uh, of, of finding ourselves, as many do, at a place of doing what we think we were supposed to be doing or should be doing instead of what we want to do. 
Sure. Yeah. And this, this happened to me a couple of times and it's, and it's really hard because you don't even know where exactly these sort of scripts that you're running come from, whether it's <laughs> from your schooling or your parents, or you saw a TV show or you just, you made it up. Maybe you wrote a script for yourself and you're following it without necessarily knowing. And so the whole time I was growing up, I thought I'm going to be a scientist because I loved astronauts and explorers and people like Charles Darwin and Magellan. And I thought, okay, these guys are scientists and explorers. And, and that's what I want to be. And so I just kept looking. Academic science was the path. And so it was really hard to think about anything else because I had been going down this path in my mind for such a long time. And I was already, you know, well-trained. I already had a biology degree. I was practicing it. And so one of the, one of the things I noticed is that for, for me and, and lots of people, when you're in a career trajectory that's good or great or almost perfect, it's really hard to let go and pivot from that in the chance that you might find something that's like, that's excellent or your, your absolute true calling, right? So you have to climb down off one mountain in order to scale the next taller one. And there's a potential risk that it might not be as good. So mm -hmm. people get stuck in good careers where they're not completely satisfied and it doesn't tick all of the boxes for them. But I don't know, the pay is good or they're well-trained or they like some of what they do. And that's that's where I found myself. And if it wasn't for a series of sort of jarring life events, I might have just continued on being an academic scientist forever. Mm. Well, Derek uh, spends a chapter on the need to approach our, our work like craftsmen. Derek, what are some of your tips for, for getting the most out of our day uh, in order to deliver our best work? There's, there's a huge differentiation between people that are bringing brand new thoughts and ideas into the world versus something that's just an incremental improvement. That's mm. in, the, in the book Zero to One, he talks about that, where it's like the, it's like being God, you know, you're creating something brand new. That's Peter and, Thiel, right? Uh, Peter Thiel, yes. Thiel. And um, so I, I really love that idea. But to, to do cutting edge thinking, you really need long focused time for, for you to, to do this, this hard thinking. And so when you're getting dings from your phone or email, when you like me have a kid running in and distracting me or, <laughs> when you have a lot of things that are you're supposed to respond to by the end of the day all of this is pulling your attention away from creating really amazing new work so however you need to do that for yourself to carve out time and space and the and the mental space to to be able to do really good work and, and whatever that work in your field is, you know, if you're an architect, it's number of buildings built or designs drawn or whatever. If you're an author, it's it's books published, podcast episodes created, whatever it is. If that's the output that your career is going to be measured by, it's not measured by how many emails you can respond to. It's but it's about like what is this output that you can actually create and and what is the the good output, you know, because some of the stuff you make is not going to be as good as the rest. So how do we optimize really good career making output? And how do we arrange our lives and schedules so that we are spending enough time doing that, I think is is an important consideration. Hmm. You mentioned earlier, you talked a bit about accelerated learning. I'd be curious to know what you've discovered, Derek, to be some of the most effective methods you've found for uh, speeding up the learning process in, in your career and in your life. Yeah, I think a really great place to start is 
if there's an area that you're curious about or you think this might be a good uh, niche for me to explore, to build my knowledge in, simply start with immersing yourself in that field. Uh, you could you could read a book like mine that's very broadly covering a specific topic, like that, that reviews the entire space. So if you want to if you want to learn about artificial intelligence, there's probably a, a book and a journal article out there that will sort of bring you up to date to where the cutting edge mm. is right now. And then watch some TED Talks and YouTube videos and listen to some podcasts and you can even speed up the rate at which you're listening to these things. And that will quickly sort of establish for you the lay of the land for that particular area. And then once you have a, once you have a good understanding of that, you can start making connections between your existing knowledge. You can start linking the ideas. You can start making analogies in your head like, oh, OK, if you're into fitness, then you start learning about artificial intelligence. Is there anything similar in how you learn a sport to how computer programs are learning things? And you can start to, to build connections in your mind and take advantage of existing neural pathways that you have. And anytime you're adding new knowledge onto existing frameworks, it's much easier for you to, to remember that. Mm. And another thing that's really helpful is uh, we know that to, to cement these neural pathways, we want to recall the information. So we want to test ourselves on it. And one of the best ways to do that is to teach to other people. So if you read a book, tell someone about the most interesting parts of it that you that you read. I often do this, you know, around the dinner table. <laughs> and my wife is like, well, I don't have to I don't have to read nearly that many books because you just give me the executive summary. But really, that's helping me cement, you know, what parts of the book I find most useful for myself. You hit on something and I think you, you touched on this briefly in the book, oftentimes the problems we're trying to, to solve can be solved when we're seeking solutions from various disciplines and combining things, as you said, that we've learned from different disciplines. Those come together oftentimes to form a solution. Am I paraphrasing that accurately? Yeah, I think it's I think it's fascinating, right? If you take someone who who's well versed in in a few different fields, you know, maybe they're they're a sailor, but they also know about meteorology and engineering and, and all these things, and they may be the only person who can have this sort of aha moment, like, oh, we can do you know do something with the sail or the shape of the boat or or whatever, and it's so obvious to them. They're you know they're like, well, surely someone's thought of this before, but it's not being used. But it just they just happen to be the one with the right mix of background and, and ideas to to create this this new invention. And I think that's so cool. First of all, everything hasn't been solved yet. Everything hasn't already been invented. And you might just be the one to make a breakthrough in in some area that you that you know really well, that you know better than someone else. Mm. It, it's just it means we have so much potential, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Derek says that developing charisma is an important skill. And I think many, Derek, would argue that that's something you either have or you don't. So, so what would you say in response to that? Mm, well, it is it's something that's that's trainable, which is cool to to realize people that we think of as having innate charisma probably just learned it at a young age, their family dynamics or, you know, to, to get attention, they figured out how to be magnetic. And then they just had that from from a young age. But it's something you can you can deconstruct, like I like to do about many things and, and figure out what's what's going on. Your body language is part of it, how, how you come across physically. But then there's also the energy that you bring, the, the enthusiasm and, and love and vigor that 
you bring to a conversation or, or to anything really that's that's very charismatic. And that's that's more of an internal state of charisma. It's how you feel about yourself. If you feel happy and confident and connected to people, then that charisma is going to shine through. And charismatic people, good luck happens to them. Opportunities and relationships and connection and people people listen to them. And it's, again, part of this very human skill that we have. Charisma is is really just a just a few things that that are important signals. There's a component that's got to do with power. You you know a powerful person when you see them. Mm-hmm. They they have a commanding presence. They're standing tall. They have a strong, resonant voice. They look you in the eye, firm handshake, all of these things. And powerful people are people that can impact their world. They can make things happen. So they're really good people to have around. And uh, there's also this element of warmth of really friendly people like um, the the Dalai Lama or Oprah or my mom have this <laughs> really warm presence that you just you just really like them right away. Like it, it immediately you think, oh, this person, can, I can be friends with this person. And that, you know, quickly builds a human connection. And there's different signals for warmth. There's there's openness, there's smiling, there's, you know, these different body language signals that indicate warmth. So you've got power and you warmth. And then there's a third component there that's presence, how you are in the moment with someone else. Mm. Uh, you know, if you're looking at your phone, if you're thinking about something else, if you're looking around the room to find your friend in the networking meeting, you're going to be breaking that connection between you and someone you're having a conversation with. You're, you're somewhere else when they're there right in front of you. And so presence basically amplifies all the other things that you have going for you. So really learning to come back to yourself, to, to be where you are when you're there can make charisma go up as well. And it sort of amplifies both warmth and power. And one of the, the simple tips, but but uh, powerful tips that, that you shared in the book resonated with me. And my wife is always on to me when we're out somewhere about my posture. And she'll, she'll point out that I'm not standing up tall or standing up straight. And I like that little trick you use when you walk into the room and you cross the threshold. The threshold for you is that trigger to remind you to be aware of your posture. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start implementing that myself from now on. So thanks for that. Yeah. You know, and, and people, when you walk in a room, everyone looks to see who's coming in the room. Mm. And that's, that's when they see you. And that's when they, they make their first judgment of you. That's when you make a first impression. Mm. And so if you simply know that, you know, you don't get to choose when, when you make a first impression, it's whenever they see you, then it's, it's a great time to do that when you're walking in the rooms, smiling, laughing, standing tall, just being relaxed. That intention, that doorway is like a reminder of the intention to to set that signal. Well, speaking of of networking and networking environments, in all the work you've done the last few years, what have you learned, Derek, about networking effectively? I think think a lot of people, networking uh, is either a chore or scary or sleazy. I think Hmm. if if you think of networking instead of as relationship building and you get to meet interesting people and hang out with really cool people and help them and they help you and all of a sudden doors open for you and opportunities happen just because you know people, then all of a sudden it starts to feel magical and like, I can't believe this is my life. And to get to that point, uh, I had to change my thinking of of what what can I get? Like what opportunities can I get if I meet the right people too? I want to focus on the relationship and I want to focus on being helpful 
and helping all of all of my friends and and sending introductions or ideas or sending people business so that they can make money and really looking out for everyone else because I know that they'll look out for me and this happens to me all the time people will think of me and they'll say hey you know this this one conference uh, do you want to do you want to speak there or I'll send you a client or and all these things and so you might be getting business from someone and sending business to a third person and somewhere along the way right we're all sending business to each other we're all helping each other get the opportunities we want funding our businesses building our houses whatever it might be actually there's this this is really amazing story that i experienced when i was living in in vietnam in hoi an which is kind of a small town it's a french colonial city it's got this world heritage designation really really cute little town on the vietnam coast and i would play chinese chess with a restaurant owner every day at lunch and he, he taught me how to play Chinese chess, which is a little bit different than uh, normal chess in that there are elephants and cannons, additional pieces on the board. So so I learned how to play this game and I finally beat him. And it's like, yes. And he's like, OK, now you get to go play my friend who's even better. And then I was like, oh, got to go start losing again. <laughs> <laughs> but he took me he took me to this. It's like a bar, cafe, patio place where there's like a hundred Vietnamese businessmen drinking coffee, reading the newspaper and playing Chinese chess all day long. And these are some of the most influential people in the town, the the other restaurant owners and the politicians and the construction business owners. And I was like, wow, you know, none of these guys are working. They're all just <laughs> they're all just hanging out, drinking coffee and playing games. Like, how how is this town running? And, you know, everyone every once in a while, one of them would get a call and hop on his motorbike and go back to his shop and make a sale to some tourists or something like that and then come back and finish his coffee. And so I asked my friend, what's, what's going on here? Like, how is this how is this a practical business thing when you guys aren't working? And he said, well, if, if anybody needs anything, if they want to make something happen, if they want to build a new restaurant and furnish it and hire people and get the permits and get funding and whatever, everyone that has that opportunity is sitting right here. They're all playing chess all day together. Mm. And so they had at their fingertips all the people that could make their dreams happen right there. And I thought, wow, this is this was such such a eye-opening lesson for me that these guys were getting more done and, and running this town simply by being connected and helping each other more than just you know, working, working really, really hard. So that, that was one of my one of my favorite experiences for sure to to learn about the the power of of relationships no that is a, a great story I remember reading that in the book and I also remember that uh, your coach uh, did not realize that you were going home and practicing on your iPad in between the matches <laughs> <laughs> I know I was like God, you know this is uh, this I think there's something about we don't we don't want to suck at something and so <laughs> After he taught me the rules and I lost horribly, I said, I, I want to be better at this. And so, yeah, I, I went home, found an app and played this game for an hour or more every day just to <laughs> familiarize myself with it. <laughs> well, uh, Derek, I have a couple of questions that I want to ask you, uh, not directly related to the book. Before I do that, uh, I just want to give you a chance to, to share if there's anything else from the book you want to make sure that we know about. Well, I think, you know, you, and you even mentioned that, that you're sort of, you started reading it through and then you started jumping around. And I think it's a it's a great book because there's so much that went into it, you know, several hundred different sources. It's a it's a great place to do a broad review of career strategy or skill acquisition or anything like that. And if you want to go deeper in something like it's the book club of the month here at my co-working space. And a lot of people are really finding the storytelling chapter to, to be really helpful for how they do their 
elevator pitch or, or how they write their about page or something like that. So you can dig deeper within the book, but with with a lot of books, it seems like you have to read them straight through cover to cover. But mine, I think you can you can jump around and pick out what is useful and exciting and start there. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that for sure. And that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. I appreciate a book that allows you to do that. It makes for me a, a more interesting read at the end of the day. Well, speaking of books, what would you say, if you can pick one or two, are the books that immediately come to mind as having had maybe the biggest impact on you, Derek? You've covered a lot of great business books. So so actually, the first book that came to mind is Wind, Sand, and Stars by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. He also wrote The Little Prince. He's probably more well-known for that. Mm. But I read a lot of adventure stories, and, and this is one of the one of the best adventure books of all time because it's it's like one long poem uh, about this guy who was a French airmail pilot and he discovered some of the first air routes across the Andes and the Sahara and he crash landed in the Sahara and walked out of the Sahara over a matter of a few weeks and the story is just totally epic but also the fact that that he's writing about his life as a memoir but he's using such amazing imagery and and poetry of of language i think it's it's great for uh, an author like me who's writing business and academic type stuff to to also use elements of beautiful writing either from from novels or poetry or whatever because the, that's where the most creative types of writing are done and i want to be able to you know, have bits of those stylistic elements in in my own work, just just to make it more interesting. Well, I know the book has just been out for what about a month or so. I'd be curious to know what you're working on next that you're excited about. Of course, there's lots of projects in the in the pipeline. I am I'm really excited about the next Adventure Quest trip that I'll be leading. I lead one or two of these per year, mm. where I take entrepreneurs out on an adventure and the the next one we have is coming up in ireland may 6 to 13 and we've actually rented a private island off the coast of ireland off the coast of dublin with the castle and we'll be living in the castle for a week working on our business but also doing things like learning how to survive in the wilderness or sea kayaking or rock climbing and there's just something about the skill acquisition of physical skills or meeting physical challenges that blends really well with the business world and and uh, the challenges of being an entrepreneur. And so I've run a, run a handful of these around the world. And it's it's so cool to be able to spend a week with entrepreneurs, coaching them and, and going through these these challenges because everyone leaves with multiple breakthroughs. And it's, it's so cool to see for someone to set aside a week, their life, their productive time to, to spend time on themselves, to spend time challenging themselves is, is really a privilege to be a part of. So that's a part of my business that I look forward to regularly, and and it also informs the the rest of the work I do, the coaching and speaking and podcasting and things like that. Well, speaking of speaking, I didn't touch on that yet. I normally do. What are some of your tips, Derek, for delivering a talk that is going to make an impact and and that people are going to remember? You know, I've had a lot of luck recently with getting a lot of feedback from my audiences, whether I am talking to people in the audience before I even go on stage and sort of asking, like, what do you hope to get out of this talk or what are your expectations or what's your biggest challenge right now? And then tailoring my talk to specific people in the audience. So if I know that a lot of people in the audience, they've just left their job and they're looking for new positions, then I can adapt my talk on the fly to 
to be really relevant, um, at least to a portion of the audience. And usually if you hit hit your target, you know, there's there's the people just outside of the target that are going to find it interesting as well. Just trying to to personalize talks uh, mm. on the fly as much as I can has has been a, an area where, I, where I'm trying to improve. Mm. Well, the book, again, is called Superconductors, Revolutionize Your Career and Make Big Things Happen, available now. Uh, Derek, thank you for taking time out to to be on the podcast. Appreciate having you and uh, appreciate you sharing your expertise and your personal experiences on this this issue in this area. Jeff, thanks so much for having me. Lots of resources to connect you to on Derek's behalf, his book, his podcast, not only the book he recommended, but a couple others he mentioned early in our conversation. All that and more can be found at the page created just for this episode called the show notes page. And you'll find that at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 227 for episode 227. If you'd like to gather every month with other like-minded, book-loving reader types, like members of the Read to Lead University book club, then you need to consider Read to Lead University. When you sign up within the next few days, you get your first month for just a buck. What's involved? Well, I'm glad you asked. Every month we read a book together. There's the private Facebook group for ongoing discussion. About mid-month, you get a magazine-style book summary of the book we're reading together. And then on the fourth Wednesday of every month, we gather together virtually to walk through the book with various members leading the discussion on one of their favorite chapters and much, much more. If that sounds like something fun and exciting to you, and I can't imagine it doesn't, then you need to join the rest of us inside Read to Lead University. To sign up now and get your first month for just a buck, go to readtoleaduniversity.com. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. 